this time of year, before we actually know what's going to happen in the basketball season, we're full of hope and wonder and fear and uncertainty, but it's the perfect time to make bold predictions about what's going to happen, certain to go dead wrong. (laughs) That's what we're going to get today from Coach Rob. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up, folks? It's Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. Welcome into the Locked On Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, joined today as we are each week by Coach Bill Robinson, the head coach of the Milligan University Buffaloes, who is two days away from opening his season this Saturday and uh, less than a week away from getting into a conference game. So, Coach, I know it's a crazy time for you. Thanks, as always, for being here. And, uh, man, good luck to the Buffs this season. Folks, we want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listener watch of the day to get your best Tar Heels content every single day. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Go to prizepix.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Coming up on the show today, of course, as always with Coach Rob, we're going to have story time. Excited for that. Um, similar to what we did on yesterday's show with Pat Kilby, Coach is going to give us some of his takeaways from the exhibition win last Friday night. It's very helpful to get all these various viewpoints, and so excited to hear from Coach on that, as well as, man, what what can we take away from that is real? What should we not take away? All of those kind of conversations. But before we get to that, I want to start by looking at, um, this is our last episode with Coach before the regular season tips off next Monday. And so now that we've seen everything, right, the the wild offseason, the, the roster turnover, having live action, the exhibition game, all of that, Coach, I want to know, before we get to your bold prediction, what is just one big overarching storyline that you're looking at for this season? I think the big storyline that uh, you may have made reference to yesterday was uh, ties and jackets or polos and <laughs> quarter fit. Uh, I mean, that's a big one for me. Um, what, do you, talk- what do you wear on the sideline? I love the polos and the quarter zips. The quarter zips, all you, all you got to do is just throw a pair of khakis in your bag and you're good and a pair of shoes. So I love it. I love that. But uh, I did talk to one of the assistants this summer. I will keep him anonymous because I don't want him to get mad. But uh, he said Hubert wants to go back to ties and jackets this summer or this season. He was not happy at all about <laughs> going back to that at all. It's just so much more comfortable and easy just to be able to flow in and flow out. I have to carry a travel bag with you and, and that yeah. whole deal. But I think we're going to get ready to see the ties and jackets again. But uh, oh. seriously, go, go ahead. No, I was going to say, hope, hopefully the assistants can talk Hubert down on that one and uh, he can keep doing what he wants to do. But give me, I'm with you. Give me the quarter zip all day long. It was a weird look for him to have the jacket on and everybody else being quarter zip. It just didn't, it didn't flow very well. So I think we'll see them all in ties and jackets come Monday night. But right. my, my big, my big key is uh, tempo. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we, we've seen him play slower the last couple of years and, and that was based maybe on personnel. Love to see him go fast again. Uh, I just looked up last year, 90 points or more. They did it four times, only once in conference. And uh, one of them was against Alabama in the four-overtime game, and they lost. Um, <laughs> under 65, which they scored 65 in the first half the other night against St. Augs. So that was kind of the number. But they had <laughs> seven games under 65 last year, including both games against Duke. Um, I mean, if you give up 62 or 63 points against Duke, you should win those games. 
And uh, I think if they do that this year, they will. But that's a big thing for me is the tempo. When it, when it comes down to personnel, I think the two lines, the two really interesting stories to me are Elliot Cadeau and, and seeing him develop. And I, I do think he'll be in the starting lineup before too long. And I just think he's going to be fun to watch and he's going to get a lot of attention. The other really interesting one to me is Zayden High, Jalen Withers. That's a really curious one to me. Um, when we were there this summer, I watched him every night that I was allowed to be in the gym. And Zayden High was a freshman, and he kind of got pushed off to the side a little bit, and just he didn't he didn't play a whole lot, so we didn't get to see him a ton. Yeah. Um, and Jalen, obviously, he's put together some some great stats at, at at Louisville, and we know he can play. With him being hurt the other night, and then Zayden coming in and playing well, um, I think that this maybe made that 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 competition maybe even a little hotter. So that's going to be a really interesting one for us to keep an eye on. Yeah, Coach, let me let me look at both of those things. With Elliot, you know, we we've had all of these conversations this offseason. The whole fan base about is Elliot starting? Is he not? Anytime I've suggested on our show that he might not, I am met with vitriol because, like, how dare you suggest that Elliot not start? Well, he didn't start the exhibition game. And so I I think Monday we're gonna expect to probably see Paxson in there instead of Elliot. But I'm with you. I think at at some point, probably before the full slate of the conference schedule starts. We'll see Elliot switch in there for Pax. And you had talked about that a couple of weeks ago, that, that, that ultimately is going to be the play, but I like, you know, the more I've thought about it, the more I kind of like the ability for him to just kind of settle in a little bit, right? Like there's not, um, El Elliot doesn't have to do these things. And I think that's ultimately better for his development. And as we always talk about and coach, correct me if I'm wrong, it's much more important who closes the game than who starts the game. And so I think that's the thing to watch for. Yeah, definitely. And it's starter minutes. He's going to get starter minutes. I think regardless, uh, interesting Paxton played more minutes than anybody else the other night. And uh, I love him. He's my guy. And he does so many little things. It, it's great to have guys who not only do the little things, but love to do the little things. Yes. Paxton loves to do the little things and he'll do whatever. And if that means play eight minutes or if that means play 26 minutes, he'll do whatever. And to give Elliot time to just get comfortable with the, with his role and with everything, I think it's great for him. His development's going to be there. And, um, you know, they made 16 threes and Elliot was not one of them. So when we know he can shoot it, I've seen him shoot it. We know he can shoot it. So uh, I'm really excited about the, just about the season starting, but man, they've just got so much talent. They're going to have to play faster. They're going to have to play more guys. And that's what we want to see. Speaking of those little things you were just talking about um, uh, there, you know, that is what's allowed Zayden to to succeed both in live action and last Friday in, in the exhibition game. And so, Coach, this this heating up at the four spot for those minutes behind Harrison Ingram, I think is great. Like that competition is what you as a coach want to see. Iron sharpens iron, that whole kind of conversation. If they're pushing each other that much, that can only mean better things as long as it's healthy competition, of course, which we expect it to be. But that's what we're looking for. And I think it's in a good place because of that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be competitive in your own team if you want to be competitive against other teams. That's good. So practice, you know, those UCLA games, the teams back in the 70s with John Wooden, practice was way harder than any game they ever played. And they had all Americans who didn't play that, you know, they, they back when they couldn't play the freshman, that freshman team would beat the varsity team, you know, because they had so much talent back when. You know, Lou Alcindor and Bill Walton and those guys were, were not allowed to play that freshman year. So those competitive practices just lead to, you know, a much better way for us to be competitive in real games. 
All right. And obviously we're all watching for Jalen to get back out on the court. He missed the exhibition game. Same with Seth Trimble. And obviously we'll also be watching for Cormac Ryan's ankle, which hopefully uh, has had some time to heal up after tweaking it a little bit last Friday. Now, coach, it's time for your bold prediction. Let's get a little bit wacky. As a reminder on yesterday's show, my prediction was that Harrison Ingram would record the third ever triple double in Carolina history. Pack was getting real wild. He said that Harrison Ingram was going to be the MVP of this team, but that's what bold predictions are supposed to be. If it if it's an obvious, well, of course that's going to go right. It's not bold. I want to make a bold prediction, and then people say, "Isaac, you're an idiot. Why would you ever think that?" So, coach. With all that said, let's get a little crazy. I want to know your bold prediction for this year. My bold prediction for this year is R.J. Davis is going to be the ACC Player of the Year, Ooh. and I. I He's going to I think he's going to lead them in scoring. They're going to win enough games. And, and I think they have a shot of being, a you know, not just winning the, the league, but obviously more. But I think if if they're in a situation where they're a one or two seed in the ACC, he's their leading scorer and he's he's carrying them. I could see him being player of the year in the league. I love that. And I, especially because, like, I think we can see it. But I think uh, like this guy was left off of either of the two preseason all ACC teams. Coach, that's ridiculous to me. How how do people, uh, the, the voters, miss that? I don't get it. And I would imagine he was probably just off of that second team, but still. Um, and so to go from that to being the player of the year, knocking off Armando, any of the Duke guys, and uh, man, I love it. And when you think about like the Duke of it, let's say, you know, I think a lot of the Duke guys are probably going to cancel each other out, whether it's Flip or Tyrese Proctor or whomever. But the way RJ has been shooting, the reports we got back from what he did against FAU in the secret scrimmage, that makes a ton of sense to me, coach. Yeah, he's he's shooting the ball great. You know, 16 threes, obviously, against St. August, but some of that's just wide open shots. The shots he made were tough shots. And he, that's what he has that's different than other guards is that he has the ability to make tough shots. He also has the ability to play inside, outside. He can score on all three levels. He can make his free throws. Um, he's a volume scorer. He's going to get shots. Uh, they're going to run stuff for him. Um, so it's it's one of those things where I could see him very easily averaging, you know, 20 points. And you, we talked about this before. He's a great rebounder. You know, he could he could end up averaging 28 and five or something like that, some body numbers. And if they win 25, 26 games along with that, I could see him being the, the player of the year in the league. I really do. And what, like as you were talking there, it occurred to me as well, like all of Caleb's shots got to go somewhere, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, that and then we were talking about Elliot Cadeau earlier. I've said it all offseason, like Elliot is going to be so good. For RJ, we saw it on that skip pass Friday night from the right wing to RJ in the left corner, like that kind of stuff. That's just silly, and it makes RJ all the better. Coach, I love it. Great prediction. Go ahead. Sorry. These things that Elliot sees things that other guys don't, and he's going to share the basketball. He also had a little handoff to him, yes. you know, in transition for an open three. Yep. So again, he's going to, and and when RJ makes plays and gets guarded he's going to make that extra pass which is going to give him more assist than he did before so i see his numbers going way up and let me add one phrase onto what you just said about elliot elliot sees things other people can't but he also has the capability to then make the play and i think both parts of that are so critical to this conversation i love it great bold prediction coach i applaud you sir carolina's exhibition as we've been saying was last friday night i want to know what was real about it what was not, and I want to know what coach was watching for. What were his main 
takeaways. So having the benefit of his insight to answer those questions is incredibly helpful for us. Coach Rob's going to unpack all of that for us in just a second. Right after I tell you that this episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by Prize Picks. Testing my own skills on prize picks and all various sports is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you've got the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Prize picks is a really simple way to do fantasy, daily fantasy for busy people. I love it because I can just make my picks and submit them in less than 60 seconds. It's so quick. Seriously, here's all you got to do. You pick two or more players. And you look at their stat that's given to you, and then you just pick more or less. For example, tonight, uh, Pittsburgh's playing Thursday Night Football. I'm going with Deontay Johnson. His receiving yards is set at 59 and a half. In the two games since returning from injury, he's been over that in both. So give me the more on Deontay Johnson tonight. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Coach, this exhibition win was something. Now, obviously, Carolina is expected to win. They're the more talented team. Uh, we I talked about my takeaways earlier in the week. Pac shared some of his on yesterday's show, but I would love it from your years of experience watching exhibition games, knowing what matters, what doesn't, what did you see? I'd love to hear your three maiden takeaways. All right. My, my three main ones is, is I love when my guys, when we play a team that we're supposed to win and maybe that we're better than I ask my guards, no turnovers, zero, make great decisions, have zero turnovers. Uh, RJ, zero turnovers. Uh, Harrison, zero turnovers. Uh, Cormac, zero turnovers. To me, that's huge because they're taking care of it. That means their intensity is still up at a higher level, even playing against the team. They didn't drop. They didn't. They didn't want to make sure they make great decisions along the way. So to me, that was a big one. Uh, I love to see that there's, there's no no uh, no turnovers. And as a team, there was twelve, right? The uh, twelve as a team. But and, the, uh, the culprits were not the guards, and I think that's the key thing. It was Mondo had three, Wojcik had three. Okay, Wojcik had three, but uh, a couple. It, it's not the main ball handlers, and that's your your critical point there. Exactly. Second one is is a shooting percentage. Um, you know, well, oh yeah, of course they're supposed to shoot the ball well. You still got to put the ball in the basket. I don't care who you're playing. When you make 16 threes, that's impressive in a shooting drill. You know, with nobody guarding you, but you make 16 in a game. Okay, that that's pretty good. 61 percent in that first half is is sick. Uh, they uh, St. Augustine shot 27 percent. Okay. It's going to be different, but that different, 61 to 20, that's huge to me. That means they're, they're taking good shots, they're making shots, but they're also defending at the other end. Their intensity level's up. They're not just giving up wide-open shots because they're up a bunch. They really sit down and guard some. And, of course, the numbers in the second half change because you it, the, the sure. bench played a ton. And, and um, obviously, you know, just it, it's going to not going to be able to stay at that same level. But those are huge numbers to me. Yeah, and and even if, like as you said, even as the t- competition raises, if you bring Carolina's field goal percentage down 10 points and you bring St. Augs up 10 points, like, so if I told you, you know, like, let's think of, um, you're, you're playing NC State. Carolina shot 51% in the first half. NC State shot 37% in the first half. I'm taking that every day of the week and twice on Sunday. So I, I love it, Coach. Great, great call. Last one is rebounding. 
And uh, obviously, we should out-rebound them. But the rebound's different now. It's not just about being size. It's about being able to go get it. And a lot of long rebounds because the shot selection is different. But um, St. Augs had 17 defensive rebounds. 17. Carolina had 19 offensive rebounds. We had more offensive rebounds, and they had defensive rebounds. That's And, you know, Coach Smith, back in the day, he, he, he wasn't really worried about the numbers. He was worried more about the percentage you know, missed shots and, and rebounds and what what is our offensive rebounding percentage? What's our defensive rebounding percentage? Those are the numbers he really focused it on. I, I don't think I've seen that in a long time where a team has more offensive rebounds than the other team has defensive rebounds. But uh, those those three things to me are just huge. I love it. Yes, I'm with you. That's all like I'm I love a box score. I love diving into it. And my that's literally the first thing I always look at did we have more offensive rebounds than the other team had defensive rebounds? And that hasn't necessarily been true um, in the Hubert Davis off era as often. I know that's one of the principles he's put in. We talked about that a couple weeks ago that he wants to see this year, but man, I love it. 19 to 17 on that great takeaways coach. And so then my question after those becomes what, what is real? Um, when, when we look at the exhibition game, you know, there's always that caveat you give of like, okay, I know it is, but whatever, what, like one of my things was a lot of this, what we saw on Friday night does translate to when the regular season starts and beyond, but, but how do you, with your keen eyes of watching this for decades, whether it's your team or another team, how are you able to kind of get into the nuances and see, oh, this was real and is going to translate to the season all right, that, that was great for the exhibition game, but that that's not going to translate, and that doesn't really matter. How do you tell those differences? I think the things that are real are the, the chemistry, the sharing of the basketball, um, making of free throws. That's the same regardless of what it is. They're 91% in the first half. You doesn't matter who you're playing. You go to the free throw line, you make free throws. Um, how many tough shots did St. Aug have to make? I think they only had one guy in double figures. If I, if I, and, you know, it's it's not like they they there was no letdown at all with the with the the, the intensity. So chemistry is a huge thing. Making shots, regardless of who you're playing, and making things as difficult as possible, regardless of who you're playing. Um, of course, we had that conversation of what what would Milligan do if we ever had the opportunity to play, you know, uh, you know Carolina in an exhibition game. We we of course our guys think that we could keep it closer than what this game was. Um, but reality is, if those those guys at Carolina sat down and just wanted to guard and keep us from scoring, it'd be an awful hard thing to do. Um, so there's that that level is is a big difference. So I'm curious. Radford's good. Radford's had a good program the last couple. We're, it's not like we're going to just walk in and just have a, a you know a 117 50 something game. We're going to have to play uh, at that same intensity level. But uh, I feel I have the feeling we're ready to go. Oh yeah. I, I love that call. I'm looking up Radford on Ken Palm. Is great. I mean, they're top 200 at Ken Palm, 168 preseason. Um, and so, um, in fact, uh, Coach Darius Nichols is pretty wild, is going to be the guest on uh, Locked on College Basketball on today as well. So, folks, you can check that out as well there. But, <clears throat> Coach, yeah, I mean, obviously that makes a ton of sense with the free throws. Like, I think that's one that any college basketball fan could probably figure out. But, uh, all of that stuff of like the sharing of the basketball, like your willingness to give up a decent shot for a better shot, uh, the the ability to lock down whoever it is, because that that is a mindset thing, right? Like defense so often. And so I, I appreciate you helping unpack that so that uh, those of us who are less trained eyes can be watching the same things. And obviously, as you said, big step up 
on Monday against Radford. And we're going to have a lot to unpack following that next week. Well, y'all, it's hard to believe this is our last preseason story time with Coach Rob, uh, but it is excited to hear what's on tap today as we get ready for the season. So grab your hot cocoa, grab a blanket, snuggle up by the fire, and let's get ready for story time coming up in just a second. Right after I tell you that today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels is brought to you by our good friends at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So maybe you've been thinking about joining FanDuel. Now's the time. Get in on the action right now. Stinking now. This app is so easy to use. They have a wide range of betting options like spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. We were talking about the ACC player of the year earlier. They've got their wooden award odds up already. Purdue's Zach Eady obviously leads the way at plus 155. Kansas Hunter Dickinson at plus 750. Kyle Filipowski from Duke at plus 900. Donovan Klingon at plus 1,700 from UConn. If he can get that foot healthy, we'll find out. And North Carolina's Armando Baycott at plus 2,000. So go get in on this Wooden Award action. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on right now and kick off the NFL season. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Folks, perhaps this is your first time tuning in with us on a Coach Rob episode. You're here getting ready for the season. You need to know that this man is a two-decade veteran of Carolina's summer basketball camp. And over the years, he's been collecting stories from Carolina basketball camp uh, through the years. All these various people in and out. It's great stuff. And so every week, what we do in segment three is Coach Rob shares one of those stories with us that he is currently working on putting together into a book to be published that you can have and you can read. I can't wait for that day when I can order it to pass out and put in stockings and all sorts of great stuff. It's going to be wonderful. So Coach Rob, the last preseason story time, what do you have for us today? I got two real quick ones, and, and you never know who you're going to see at Carolina camp. And uh, everybody, you know, it's just such a, uh, a well-known camp. Everybody wants to go and be part of that. Uh, my second year, this is a long time ago, second year working, I went up to camp office to get my key, and there was a line of parents standing there. Uh, but uh, Mac Herndon, who I'd worked with the year before, was about three or four people in front of me. And I just, I kind of went up and just said hello to him real quick and then went to get back in the, the back of the line. And there was a parent standing there behind me, and I kind of had snuck back in front of them. It kind of felt awkward. So I turned around to say, hey, sorry, or what, hello, or whatever, and turned around, and Joe Montana is standing at the back of the line. What? And I said, uh, hey, how are you, Joe? Nice to meet you. He, um, Can't you just go to the front of the line like, you know, you're Joe Montana? He goes, I'm just a parent like everybody else here today. And to have that kind of humility was pretty cool. Um, and then he was in the gym. I was in the Smith Center that week, and he was just a parent sitting up in the stands, you know, watching camp. And uh, I tried to ref a little bit better that week, knowing his kid was in the gym. But uh, again, you just never quite know who you're going to be around. Uh, and the second second story, being in the cafeteria before camp one morning, and an old coach came and sat across from me, and we're talking normal camp stuff. How was your kids? You know, how was your night last night? You got any talent? You got any kids you think could play? And all of a sudden he looked at me and goes, uh, did I ever tell you about the time Wilt and I scored 109 points in a game together? 
<laughs> what? And it was York Larice, Carolina famous, one of the greatest shooters. Most people don't know that name, but he was one of the, the first pure shooters at Carolina. And sure enough, the night Wilt scored 100, uh, York had nine. And he assisted on points uh, 96 and 98. He didn't assist on 100. But uh, if you go back and look at the box score, York Larice from, from uh, Carolina had nine points that night. Here I am sitting at the table having breakfast with him. So uh, I did the best I could. I, I, I kind of gathered a couple kids with me and said, here, you guys need to sit down. You need to listen to this guy talk. Tell him the story. And it was one of the most incredible moments of my life just being able to sit there with, with York Larice having, having breakfast. I feel like we need to recreate Wilt's iconic picture where he's holding up the 100 and just uh, with York sitting there next to him with a plus nine on the side. <laughs> oh, man, that's so good, Coach. And, I, man, I love, like, the, the story about Joe Montana, the story itself is awesome. But as you said, like, the the what that tells me about who he is is what I've always thought and hoped Joe Montana is, you know? and And not every professional athlete gets that but man that just that is so encouraging to hear you know what i mean like does that make sense oh yeah and and we've had denzel washington's son was in camp and uh i mean you just tons of people that you just wouldn't think about would have their kids in camp but to have him be as humble as he was as nice as he was and he stood there in line like everybody else and we just he was he was there all week and signed autographs and took pictures and was just the super just the nicest guy you could imagine and uh in my opinion top three greatest quarterbacks of all time and uh, he was just a dad he was just a dad that's great what a great two great stories coach thanks as always for sharing those uh so great to get to hear them Friends, that's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar It's been great to be together. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. we got one more episode this week. Going to have some fun guests on that you're not going to want to miss. I'm telling you that right now. Join us on our Discord. The, show, uh, the link is in the show notes. You can come in there. We're always having great conversation uh, about the Tar Heels and everything going on with basketball and more. So come be part of that. If you want to email the show, LockedOnTarHeels at gmail.com. We'd love to have more interaction with you there. Here's some of your stories, perhaps, that you have as well. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on audio and video platforms. Smash the like button if you're watching on video so we know you are here. And leave your comments. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the stories, Coach's bold prediction, and his takeaways as well. Coach, best of luck this weekend as you kick off your season. Can't wait to talk to you on the backside of it and see how things went. want to remind all of you that it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. We'll be back together tomorrow. But until then, peace.